0: passage of scripture together. Um, I know this may may sound um, very silly, but um, I was just uh, once again this morning just astounded at just Jesus. And um, just to have the privilege of reading what jesus did and what jesus said is just so amazing it's why it's such a battleground for christians to read their bibles Uh, you may know the statistics but the majority of christians don't read their bibles and they're just robbed because when we read especially of Jesus, we are captivated once again of who he is and what he has done for us. So we're going to look at a little parable that Jesus told um, and just spend some time thinking about that tonight. So the reading is from Matthew 18 if you want to follow it in your own Bibles or on your devices or it's on the screen as well. This is called the parable of the unmerciful servant. It says then peter came to jesus and asked lord how many times shall i forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to 7 times jesus answered i tell you not 7 times but 77 times and if you've got a little squiggle in your bible uh, there i have and it uh, they're not sure whether jesus said 77 times or 70 times seven okay then jesus says therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants as he began the settlement everything. The servant's master took pity on him and cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me. And I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened they were outraged. And went and told their master everything that had happened. And then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And sometimes when you read the words of Jesus, you go, "Ooh." Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you sent your one and only Son to be the Savior of this world. And through him to reconcile all things in heaven and on earth. And we thank you that in you, Jesus, we have a Savior who loves us. And we pray that as we look at these words that you spoke to Peter all those years ago, may we be taught by your Holy Spirit. That we might be more like you in some small measure. In Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday was uh, Remembrance Sunday, and uh, we had our uh, usual gathering at the school, and then in to the town square where we met with the other churches and the civic leaders and the scouts and many others. And I've been reminded this week in um, something that I read um, about a very similar gathering that happened 29 years ago. It was on the 8th of November, 1987. A crowd had gathered for a Remembrance Day service, similar to ours around the War Memorial in in Eskillon, Northern Ireland. A bomb had been planted by the IRA It was meant to kill soldiers and policemen, but went off 10 minutes early. It took the lives of 12 people who were gathered around that war memorial. 11 of them were civilians. 11 of them died at that spot or shortly after as they were taken to hospitals. One uh, died 13 years later, uh, and having never recovered consciousness from that event. 63 people were injured, and I don't know if you actually remember it, you may now just begin to think, yeah, I remember that. It shook Northern Ireland to the core and it actually began to change the landscape of the troubles. Not so much because of the atrocity, although horrendous as it was, but because something else that happened. Among those killed was a young lady called Marie Wilson. She was a 20-year-old nurse And she had been among the worshippers around the war memorial in Inneskilling with her father, Gordon. And the same evening, on that 8th of November, Gordon Wilson was interviewed on the BBC. He and his daughter had both been buried under six feet of rubble through the explosion. But they had managed under the rubble to find each other's hands, so they were holding hands under that pile of rubble. And Gordon Wilson says that he kept asking Marie, are you all right? Once, twice, three times, four times, are you all right? And she replied, yes. And when he asked the fifth time, she said, Daddy, I love you very much. And that was the last words she spoke as she died. The amazing thing in the interview that Gordon Wilson gave was that instead of calling for revenge or uttering outrage or words of hate, or condemnation, this is just a little bit of what he said. I have lost my daughter, and we shall miss her. But I bear no ill will, and I bear no grudge. Dirty sort of talk is not going to bring her back. I know she is in heaven, and we will meet again. I will pray for these men tonight and every night. And through that interview, he told the BBC that he forgave her killers. And no words in more than 25 years of violence in Northern Ireland had such a powerful impact than those words. Irish historian Jonathan Barden pinpoints these words of forgiveness as a major turning point in this history of Northern Ireland's troubles. Gordon Wilson became a tireless campaigner for peace in Northern Ireland. He became a peacemaker. He held many meetings with Sinn Féin and indeed... Members of the IRA over the years. He was elected to the Senate in Northern Ireland. And exactly 10 years later, on Remembrance Day 1997, Gerry Adams, leader of Sinn Fein at the time, publicly apologized for the bombing. In our reading tonight we have heard the story that Jesus told it was a parable of the unmerciful servant it's all about forgiveness when we hear stories like that of Gordon Wilson we find it very easy to admire what he said <laughs> but really hard emulate. We know that as those who are followers of Jesus. That our Christian life was born in forgiveness. It's how we were born. We were born when Jesus gave his life for us. And we acknowledged that. And asked that what he did for us might become ours through faith. It's our experience of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, his ongoing forgiveness and love. Peter asked Jesus this question. We don't know what prompted Peter to ask Jesus the question, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister? Up to seven times? Now, I don't know if he'd fallen out again with Andrew, his brother, I don't know his sister's names. but Now in the days as Jesus taught, there were others teaching on forgiveness. There were some rabbis who taught that you could forgive three times and three times was enough. Three times was it. Kind of the three strikes and you're out kind of thing. Other religious leaders that clashed with Jesus again and again were the Pharisees. Pharisees, once zealous for God in such a way, but had become blind to the truth of who God was and what his nature was. Still believed in an eye for an eye. And were quick to condemn, even picking up stones to bring their own justice to those they believed Deserved it. Religion ends up pointing out sin but can't lift a finger to help. It's the nature of religion. Remember the woman caught in adultery? They were ready to stone her for her sin. And Jesus saved her. Jesus replies to Peter's question I tell you, not seven times, but, depending which version you want to take, 77 times, or 70 times seven, which those of you who are really quick at maths, you know, is 490 times. I know some of you already got there. I would have been there ages on fingers and. Jesus says you don't stop. He doesn't mean once you get to 77 times or 490 times, you keep that record. And then you say, well, that's what Jesus said. What he means is you don't stop and you repeat and you repeat until it becomes who you are. Because it's who Jesus is. What was evident in Gordon Wilson's interview was that he was responding in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he was responding in an opposite spirit to the world. We see it all the time on our television screens when people who have been badly hurt or had loved ones abused and whatever and we hear with great sadness wounded people understandably saying I hate them for this. I will never forgive. I hope they rot in hell. And we understand it because they have not the Holy Spirit within them. To respond in the way that Jesus would have us respond. Jesus ministered in the opposite spirit of the religious spirit of the day. But I'm sure questions would have arisen for Peter and maybe for us too. It sounds great and noble and godly but isn't it just a bit unrealistic? Unattainable. Jesus, are you really suggesting that sin does not matter? And Jesus says, no, of course not. There is nothing in this parable that seeks to minimize the gravity of sin. There is nothing in Jesus' teaching where he trivializes sin, or the hurt, or the wrongs that have been done. But here he simply tells this, Story to point out that unforgiveness leads to torment and destruction. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like this. And he tells this story of a king who wanted to settle his accounts. Now, one of his debtors owed him 10,000 bags of gold. That's our Um, translation here. You can read other translations. Eugene Peterson says it's $100,000. But what is meant by that is not that we work out what does that mean. It means the debt was so huge it could never be repaid. Never. I mean, if we were going to, you know, never in a million years would this man have been a... How did he run up such a debt? We don't know. We'd love to know, wouldn't we? We'd love to get into the details, but that's not why Jesus tells the story. His pitiful plea was untrue. Give me time, be patient. You'd never pay that off. It was estimated by some commentators that that debt that he owed was a thousand times the annual revenue of Galilee, Samaria, Judea, and Eduma put together. It's an incalculable debt. Yet Jesus says the king took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. He forgave it all. And of course, when we read it as those who are now followers of Jesus, we understand that Jesus has forgiven us a debt that we could never, ever pay. In fact, Jesus pays a debt he doesn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. Another question, but isn't this kind of forgiveness unjust? Jesus goes on in the story and he says, the forgiven servant went out. Imagine this. He's just been forgiven 10,000 bags of gold that he owed or whatever the amount. And he finds another servant who owes him 100 silver coins. And he demands payment. It's the opposite spirit to the king. And even when the servant that owes him these hundred silver coins says exactly the same thing as he did to the king. Be patient with me and I'll pay you back. He showed no mercy. No grace. No forgiveness. And then the story gets a little bit unnerving, because the other servants tell the king what the servant did. And the king says, you wicked servant, I cancelled all that debt of yours a million times more than what you were owed by this other man, yet you demanded he pay you back. So he hands him over to the jailers to be tortured until he paid it all back. Gosh, that's the bit that kind of stuns you, doesn't it, at the end. Doesn't sin deserve to be punished? Well, actually, you're right. Sin has to be dealt with. has to be dealt with. Forgiveness changes everything. You know, sin is the most expensive thing in the universe because if it's forgiven, it's because it cost Jesus his life. If it's unforgiven, it means an eternity separated from Jesus. But forgiveness changes everything. God's peace process was the cross. And on the cross, sin is dealt with by Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus bore our sin in his body on the cross. He died as a victim of injustice, wronged by even his friends and his foes alike, betrayed, abandoned. And the pardon of God is undeserved and unmerited for every single one of us. On our table at Alpha last week we were discussing God's justice, God's mercy and God's grace. If we were to ask for God's justice we would get what we deserved. Not a good idea. But His mercy is amazing. Because his mercy is not getting what we deserve. But his grace is even greater still. Getting what we never deserved. Jesus says to Peter, the key here is that your heart be like my heart. How many times should I forgive? Well, Jesus says, you just forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive until it becomes who you are. He taught that in that model prayer, didn't he? Forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgiveness is powerful. It can change even a nation for historians to write that the words of Gordon Wilson had such an effect on the troubles at that time that there was a change. We know how forgiveness is so powerful. But maybe you think it's impossible as well. But what might be impossible in our own strength becomes possible in his Another story, Corrie Temboon, many of you have heard of or read some of her books and writings. Here is a woman who suffered terrible injustice at the hands of the Nazis. Later in life, she recalls meeting one of the guards from her t- concentration camp. I don't know the context of the meeting. Um, But he stretched out his hand to her and asked for her forgiveness. And she says, I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand, but I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And in that moment, I prayed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive. Give me your forgiveness. And as I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder, along my arm, through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him. And into my heart sprang a love for this man that nearly overwhelmed me. Jesus doesn't ever minimize the wrong that we have done or we have suffered, that he has come to pay for it all. And he calls us, as he called Peter, to live in that opposite spirit. Before a world that knows nothing about that. Should we pray together?